Hey ladies, listen up. We have a public service announcement here in the suite. To celebrate Women's History Month, Transamerica will donate $1 to Savvy Ladies for every social engagement during the month of March in support of their mission, empowering women to achieve financial independence. Simply tag Savvy Ladies, that's S-A-V-V-Y-L-A-D-I-E-S, and use the hashtag Women Who Inspire. And in case you don't know about Savvy Ladies, they offer a 24-hour hotline to women in need of legal and financial advice, as well as resources and education for women who want to become financially independent. You can check them out at SavvyLadies.org. Thanks. Hi, this is Tina Powell, host of In the Suite where I sit down with top women leaders and some of the biggest names in the financial services and the wealth management industry. Together, we'll discover some of their best secrets and top strategies to grow great business, build a strong brand, and lead teams in the 21st century. I hope you'll enjoy hearing their amazing personal stories of triumph, trepidation, and transformation in hopes of becoming better leaders ourselves. The time for you to lead is now and you're in the suite. Kathy Curtis always knew she wanted a career in financial planning. As a single woman in her 40s after a successful career in the consumer packaged goods industry, she experienced firsthand many of the challenges women face as the sole earner and financial decision maker. Today, she calls upon that passion and life experience to help single, widowed, and divorced women live the life they envision for themselves to achieve financial success. She does it all at Curtis Financial Planning, an independent, fee-only, registered investment advisor located in Oakland, California that specializes in the finances of independent women. Kathy and her team are fully committed to addressing the unique financial planning needs and experiences of single women, female-led households, and women who take the lead in their own family finances. That team includes Bob Curtis, Kathy's husband who manages business operations at Curtis Financial Planning. This brand-building IG fashionista social media superstar was one of the first financial advisors to embrace social media and even take a course outside the industry. In her words, she learned how social media platforms give small businesses a huge voice. And for Kathy, that voice helped attract women to her practice like a magnet In 2019, Kathy was named one of nine women in finance to follow on Twitter, at Kathy Curtis. A casual scroll on her Instagram today radiates Kathy's same authenticity and vibrancy for things she loves and feeds her soul, like fashion, travel, wellness, and delicious home-prepared meals for Bob with local ingredients that will convince you she's a top chef. Kathy is a certified financial planner and a graduate from the University of California, Berkeley, with a BA in social science and public policy and a certificate of financial planning. She also helps to educate the public on personal finance through her position on the CNBC Financial Advisor Council and teaches personal finance at local universities and online. She aims to demystify many of the financial planning topics that specifically impact women on her own podcast called Financial Finesse, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You should all definitely subscribe. One of the many gifts that you'll discover about Kathy Curtis in this episode is her passion and mission to help women, all women, thrive. Whether it's through working with women one-on-one at Curtis Financial Planning or teaching a personal finance course to women embarking on their careers, even interviewing other female experts on her own financial finesse podcast, Kathy's focus is to help women make smart moves with money. There's a reason this savvy businesswoman has been named to Investopedia's 100 top financial advisor list for three years running by her peers. Like Kathy says, it's all about discovering what lights you up in the suite. 
Curtis, wow, take a seat in the suite. It is so great to see you, hear your voice after all of our technical, you know, stuff going on in this morning. Thank you so much for making the time to join us here. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, especially after being able to see you and join your awesome podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding? I've been fangirling you for years. How long have I known? How long have we known each other? Forever. And so exactly. We're veterans. We're veterans, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always wonderful. Like I think what the podcast does is it gives me the opportunity to check in with people that I'm not seeing at conferences that I would normally, you know, normally we would be in the same circles and, you know, at least get to see each other maybe once or twice per year. So this yeah. podcast has just been a great excuse for me to even get up enough courage to just, you know, check in on people and, and stuff. So I, agree. I, I love your podcast. And I lo- I like to focus on women over a certain age in the FinServe. I think it's fantastic. It's a great niche. Well, part of what I'm trying to also to solve for it, I wanted to see examples of women who are in this profession in their 50s, 60s, and 70s still thriving. And I don't think we see enough of that, those stories, I I mean, very rarely, right? It's the young and beautiful. And yes, some media publications are doing a better job than others to, you know, feature more senior level talent. But I haven't seen it the way that I've wanted to see it or hear those types of, you know, stories, really authentic challenger, you know, comeback kind of stories. And that's, that's where we are with the podcast. I still agree with you. I, you're filling a void because let's face it, younger people have adopted the technology quicker and all, I mean, I, I'm kind of unusual that I adopted social media at a later age and I was able to do well with it. But a lot of women didn't ever start using it and are not that comfortable with it. And let's face it, that's how you get your voice out there. And so if you're not doing that, you could stay hidden. And you're uncovering these people that have a lot to offer and a lot to say and with through your podcast. So I congratulate you on that. Thank you. One of the ways that I found out about you, I think it was at a TD conference, And you were talking about branding and it was something that advisors really weren't familiar with, the concept of branding, the concept of social media. And you come out and correct me if I'm wrong. I remember you saying like, hey, I hired a branding agency to help kind of define that identity. And I was drooling over that whole like that whole story and seeing just your persona, Kathy, it was the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah. You know, I think the reason I came at it from a branding perspective is because I spent almost 20 years in the um, consumer products industry and it's all about brand. It is all about brand. And I learned a lot about it. And, and then, but my hobby and passion all along in that industry was investing in personal finance. I, For some reason, it just fascinated me. And so I finally got my dream. I switched careers and I took a branding course in order to brand my own firm and realize that I could apply a lot of the things that I'd learned in that industry to branding myself. So that's where that came from. I remember that talk. I think I, I compared um, when I used to sell spaghetti sauce I sold Classico spaghetti sauce against Prego and how Classico had this wonderful brand image, authentic Italian and all that. And so I, that's how I compare what I was trying to do with my brand. It really got a good reaction. It really did. And if I remember correctly, it had a silhouette of a woman. It was just, wow. That was my first website with the silhouette. That website was my passport to so many things. Because it was unique. It was it was colorful and female-centric, and it didn't use pictures of people looking at papers. And it it got me a lot of it. I don't know. It was luck. You know, part of everything is timing and luck. You set it up at the right time, and then 
somebody sees it and something happens and social media helped all that. Can we spend a few minutes here on social media? Because at the time that you adopted social media, advisors were sitting in the room. I did a talk on Twitternomics. How is it, Kathy, that you were able to hit a home run on do social media, whereas I want to say like 90% of the audience at that time of advisors were like, nah, not social media. No, nah, no way. Facebook. Nope. My clients aren't on Facebook. My clients are on Twitter. Why even do it? How do you explain how you did it? I can easily explain that. So at that time I was rebranding. I was coming up with my beautiful website, my brand. And so I joined a whole bunch of women's groups around the Bay Area, part marketing, part to learn. And these women were not in the financial services industry. They were in all kinds of different industries. And they held seminars on Twitter, on Facebook groups, on LinkedIn. And so I learned outside of the industry, what people were doing to market themselves and their businesses. And these are mostly entrepreneurial women's groups. So I brought all that knowledge from those, those entrepreneurial women, not financial advisors, to my practice. Those platforms give a small business such a huge voice that you could not get anywhere. And I didn't have the money to spend on traditional advertising. In fact, mm -hmm. I've spent so little money on traditional advertising and PR I've never had a PR agent. It, everything that's happened to me in that way has happened from grassroots, starting with that good brand and then using the social media platforms, getting noticed, meeting cool people. It's a really cool thing. I don't know if it could happen anymore that way because there's so many more people using social media than there was back then. That was 2008, 2009. You talked about coming from a non-financial background, which I also came from a non-financial background and I carried it around with me like a weighted ball and chain. I was almost like embarrassed by it that I wasn't the, the woman in the room who said, oh yeah, you know, I started my career here and I've been here for 20 years. I was really insecure from the beginning of my career. So I would love to hear your story of how you bridged two different careers so, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got here in the first place. You know, I share the same story with you. I really wanted a career in financial planning and helping human beings. I was selling product before. It was not, after all the years in that industry, not satisfying anymore. Also, like most women, had a series of bad bosses, okay? Tired of that. So I thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, start my own firm. Oh my God. I never worked in financial services before. I didn't have any mentors. I just decided and I learned how to do it. Surprisingly easy. You have to pass this. I can't believe how easy it was to get started, but I did get my CFP. I became an RIA and I struggled for the first several years because of that imposter syndrome thing you're talking about. I thought, who am I? I, I haven't ever been in this industry. What do I know? Actually, I knew an awful lot. I ran a P&L. I worked with sales teams. I was a smart and savvy businesswoman, but I felt like I had to have all those credentials and all that. And truly, that's why I decided to do the rebranding route. I thought, what am I going to do to stand out and make this a success? And the rebranding route made it okay for me to market to women. That's when I decided I'm not going to be like all the other financial advisors out there. I'm a woman. I have a ton of financial experience. I didn't get married till I was 44. Wow. I have a ton of experience as a single woman running my own finances. I bought two homes by then. And I thought this is the women are going to be my market because they're not going to care about all the credentials and all that. I have the experience. I have the education. I'm continually getting educated. And and that's how it started. And so now you're helping women. I think that you have gotten your, your dream come true here. And so tell us a little bit about Curtis Financial Planning and, you know, the types of women that you're working with. So now, okay, so it's evolved. So women is the pretty broad 
uh, niche. I don't even know if you could call it a niche. So over the years in developing my clientele, I was attracting a lot of single women, either women who are single by choice, they never met the right person, widowed, divorced. Um, quite a few of them would inherit money from their parents and not know how to manage it. And so I started looking at my my clientele and realizing my brand, that's what my brand was attracting. And lo and behold, that's my favorite kind of client to work with. I'm a one-on-one person. I love one-on-one. Even in parties, I gravitate toward one-on-one. And so working with a single person rather than a couple and all the conflicts and things that brings really appeals to me in, in the way I like to work. So now I work with about 65 households. The grand majority of them are single women or women-led. Like the woman contacts me, she wants the financial planning, she makes the financial planning decisions. And many times I just meet with the woman, not the partner. So it's it's very unique. So now I'm even more going deeper into that niche and I'm making it clear on my website that that's who I work with and things like that. I'm narrowing in on the women into the single woman. What's the biggest challenge? What have we gotten wrong up to this point, right? I I almost want to know, like, how do we avoid getting in situations later in life? Where was the opportunity to make a pivot or make a decision different? I I know exactly what you're asking. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, so I told you that I was fascinated by personal finance and investing early on. Very few women are. And that disinterest continues on through their life, coupled with the fact that we're not forced to get educated on personal finance. And I don't mean economics or corporate finance. You could take those. I mean, personal finance, the very basic stuff about diversification, saving early, compounding interest and all that. We don't have classes on that. And and, um, a lot of women hire me because they're smart. These, they're no dummies in my clientele. Smart, savvy, have great careers. They don't like money. They don't like to deal with money. And it's because of lack of education, fear that surrounds lack of education. I don't know what I'm doing, right? And that, I think if, I don't know if it's the woman's fault or the system's fault, but women need to take more of an interest in their own finances much earlier in their life than they do. So I think there's a little bit of fault on either side, the women themselves and then the system. Interesting that you say that because I too, I was a fly on the wall for about eight years in a traditional wealth management environment. And I saw college educated, smart, brilliant women, business owners, doctors. Some of it is just a time constraint too, is that they're predominantly responsible for everything that's going on, raising kids, taking them to their actor afternoon activities. And sometimes you're just spent at the end of the day and you don't even have enough energy to to just to even just to read a couple of chapters in a book you might not even even that's a luxury for some women right now that's very true and and if they have a choice to read a book does it do they want to read a personal finance book or a a novel i'd say they want to read a novel yeah i would say too it would be like take me calagon take me away well here's go ahead i'm sorry no, well, I was just going to say, I know you know this. I, I teach a personal finance class at a local women's college, and I'm going to do it again this summer. It's just a summer class. But I see this firsthand with, with young, this class was so much fun. It was It's one of the most fun things that I do. And it, it's in Oakland, so it attracts a really diverse group of um, women, people, women of color and and they're in their 20s and 30s. And, oh, it's so uh, unbelievable how uneducated they are about the basics of personal finance, even though they're all brilliant, smart, articulate, and all that. And to see their faces light up when I explain what a Roth IRA was or, you know, the fact that, no, they don't have to accept paying 30% interest on a bank credit card for, or for a car loan. And seeing how empowered they looked and felt in learning that and then carrying out in their lives, it just shows me that we got to teach people earlier, women in particular earlier, because they'll run with it and grab it 
and and keep going throughout their lives. I'm I'm working with my niece right now. She's in her early 20s and she's so cute. She asked me to do a financial plan for her. And she said it, she's doing it because she has a boyfriend who's very financially savvy. And she goes, Kathy, I'm not. And we're trying to make some financial decisions together. And I need to know more about money. Do you know how lucky she is? She is going to have a great, successful financial life because she's starting so early. She is. And it was so interesting that you were going there because that's where I was going there too. And in the conversation, I also think as a side note that that's how Khan Academy started, right? Sal Khan was giving lessons to his cousin and he was just recording YouTube videos. And then the rest of the internet, you know, picked up those videos and and really found something interesting in his teaching. But one of the things that you've done, which I think really adds to the point of educating women or making resources, how's this? Making resources available that women want to consume. And I wanna commend you, I wanna applaud you on your new podcast, Financial Finesse. Actually, it's in the second season, so it's not really that new. And it is available on Apple Podcasts and a lot of other podcast platforms that we'll talk about, but it's also available on YouTube. And as you were talking, I watched that video where you were teaching four of your former students, they were from Mills College, Joy, Rebecca, Tori, and Roshanda, and who had amazing careers, MBAs, and you ask them just a really pivotal question, you know, how do you feel about money? And so some of them had those personal finance courses, but then they were doing things like you had just mentioned that one, uh, I I think it was Rashonda had the credit card that was at 32% interest. Tori. Yeah. Yeah. Tori. What an amazing story. You you ladies listening to this podcast right now, we're going to have a link in, in the show notes. I'm so super jazzed. You know, you talk about this whole thing about this power of knowledge. I thought it was such great phraseology. You know, tell us a little bit about what the plans for the podcast are, because you're introducing modern themes to a modern audience Tell us about the podcast and some of the themes that we can expect and how we can learn from it. Sure. So first off, I have always wanted to not get stale, right? Especially when it comes to marketing and social media. And it was obvious that podcasting is, and I'm late to the game. So I'm I'm no early beginner, you know that. Secondly, I find that in our industry, there's way more male hosted podcasts and women. And I don't like that. So I thought, get off your butt and start a podcast. So I decided I didn't even, the strategic planning that went into it was so nothing. I decided that one of my best skills is I'm a great listener. And another one is that I really like to talk to people and and hear their stories. So I thought that's not going to come through completely well with just audio. So I thought, I'm going to do video too, because then you can multi-purpose it. So on purpose, I invited a friend who I love, Sally, my very first one, because I wanted to see how I did. I just wanted to see, do I like this? We had so much fun. And so I decided to keep the video format and to focus it. The first season was just focusing on women and women's stories. Mm -hmm. And then I started doubting myself. And I thought, I need to bring more financial, personal finance, serious topics in. So the second season, I didn't do video, and I just talked about personal finance topics. Not fun for me, I have to tell you. You have to find what's right for you, right? What what feeds your soul. Absolutely. Just doing audio on a personal finance topic is not feeding my soul. So that was the second season. So I'm going into the third season now, and I'm going to interview people again, and I'm going to do video again. And I'm going to focus on finance and health and wellness topics that women, I find that my clients ask me about all the time. That's going to be my thing. So in in next month, I'm going to do long-term care with a fabulous woman who understands it, sells it, who I love to talk to. She and I are pals and she's so vibrant. And I want to pick people who are vibrant really happy in their lives and want to talk about topics like that. Cause those topics are not exciting, 
But if you have the right conversation with the right person, you can make them really interesting. It seems almost like you're bringing your Instagram feed to life because I looked at your Instagram and you and your husband, Rob, you've done yeah. some amazing travel. Wow, Cambodia. It looks like you've been oh. there a couple of times. Oh my God. I have to tell you about the travel. I, I belong to a club in San Francisco called the Commonwealth Club of California. It's a public forum where in non-COVID times, they have a beautiful building downtown San Francisco and they have speakers of all kinds from major politicians to local business people to, you know, people writing books all around the country. And I was, I've been a volunteer there for, I don't know, 20 years. Wow. So about the, the 12th year in is volunteering they have a travel program. The travel director asked me if I wanted to host a travel program. And I'm like, you're kidding. And they, they have a tradition of doing that for people that have been of service to them for a long time. Well, I did a really good job on it. And so long story short, I've been to India, Northern India, Vietnam, Cambodia, Morocco, Tuscany, Burgundy, France, Japan with them leading small groups. Like there'll be one group is only eight people, the trip to Burgundy and then up to like 25 people. And Rob gets to go at a discounted rate. So Rob goes with me on all of them. I saw that. That is so fantastic. I didn't know the backstory to that. All I'm doing is I'm looking and I'm saying, wow, I got to get to these places, Tina. Oh, the, then, the, and you know what's so, I'm so fortunate because these trips are first class. I mean, the hotels and, and all the, and Commonwealth Club is an educational institution. So we always go to the embassies and we get an embassy briefing there's all these special things that you wouldn't get on a normal tourist trip. So really some of the highlights of my life for sure. That's really cool. And if anybody's listening right now and wants to join Commonwealth, is that something that, that anybody can do? Oh yeah. Go to the commonwealthclub.com website and look at the lineup of speakers they have. And they did such a great job pivoting with COVID because most of their speakers were at the club. Now everything is online. It's easily accessible to the public. I love where you're going with the podcast and that is wellness. It's a really big, big theme in, in my life right now as well. And I think a lot of the women who have been on this podcast, we had uh, Stephanie Bogan here. We had Devika Cambo who were amazing episodes. It's, it's interesting how it's all coming together at the start of the year. So this podcast fits, fits right in. And I thought that we might spend some minutes and some time talking about coaching because, yeah. you know, who is a coaching program for as an advisor? You know, if I'm listening to, to even to this episode right now, how do I know whether or not it's something that I should pursue and what the time commitment is like? And you spent many years there. You know, I'm many years into the business when I joined that coaching program. So it, you could, I think people could benefit from coaching at any time in their career and as, as an advisor. So I joined because I was starting to get burned out. My service model and my fees um, and the fact that I was a good marketer, I was getting a lot of clients and I was taking most of them on. Okay. So learning how to say no was huge for me and refining my model so that I could maintain my balance in life was really why I joined that program. And that's what it, it gave me so many tools. I can't, I, I cannot describe how great that program is to reset. If you already have a business and you want to reset and getting ongoing coaching like that, the, and the real benefit of that program is you have excellent coaches like Stephanie Bogan is an excellent coach. And so are the other, she has her, Natalie is in it, who's actually Stephanie's sister, who is an incredible practice management coach. And then you've got a peer, you've got all your peers. Mm. You have, you know, 70 peers that you also get to learn from. So that's why I like that program so much is the, I like group coaching. I mean, I know you can benefit from one-on-one -on -one coaching and you can get that with that program too, if you want. 
but it's the combination of the individual coaching and the group coaching that really benefited me. I have made so many lifelong friends from that group that I'm now in mastermind groups and all kinds of things. So it set me straight again. My practice is more refined. I'm living more balanced. Can't say enough about it. And we'll have a link to the show notes that Stephanie Bogan's Limitless Advisor Coaching Program. So what type of commitment are you making in terms of time? If you, just like anything, Mm -hmm. you get more out of it, the more you put into it. So I would say if you don't think you have the time or you can't get clear in your head and your mindset that it's more important to do this than to keep doing what you're doing, it's not going to work well for you. You have to go, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these coaching programs for a reason. I'm in some kind of pain, right? So right. you need to make the commitment because it is a commitment. A couple of times a month webinars, sometimes special events couple retreats a year, lots of homework, lessons, every two weeks a lesson with um, forms and things to fill out and they track you and you've got peer groups that you need to respond to. So it's not something to take lightly. It's, it, it's not inexpensive. So that's another reason why if you join it, you're going to want to commit to it. I think one of the things that a coaching program does, and even a mastermind, I'm, I'm curious what if you're in masterminds within the industry or outside the industry, for those of you who don't know what a mastermind is, Kathy, how would you explain it? I call it a small group because I think it, it, I'm in groups with just four people, That's but awesome. it's, it's peer coaching. It's, you don't have a professional coach. You come at as a group with usually the same purpose. Like if you're a financial advisor, you're with other financial advisors, you're talking about your practices. Okay. And you take turns and you try and make it fair. Everyone gets heard and you present problems or successes and you get cheered on or coached. I'm in two industry masterminds and I'm in a mastermind outside with with girlfriends. And I love them. So how do people get started in, in joining a mastermind? So I'll just give my story. So the one mastermind I'm in, we're all spinoffs from Limitless. So we were in a group, some left, we joined, and now we continue that conversation. And a lot of things we learn in Limitless, we talk about in our mastermind group. So that's one way. The other way is, let's say female advisor, you want to communicate with other female advisors and get their support. So you know this woman, Stephanie Sammons. Yes. You know, I've been pals for years, just like I've known her as long as I've known you. She's big in social media. She and I connect every now and then. She goes, you know what? I'd love to be in a mastermind group. Let's start one. So I thought, you know, I know another advisor up in Portland. That would be great. She knew someone in New York. Boom. So we're a mastermind group. And that, that's been going on for months. I remember what it was like to be a woman who did not know the difference between our IRA, 401k, 403b, you name it, the acronym ETF, right? We've got a, right. a gazillion. I want to reach that woman and tell her, you know, I know this stuff is confusing. Been there, done that. If you listen to a fresh narrative with vibrant people like a Kathy Curtis, something's going to rub off on you. Yeah, that's, I believe, I love that. That's a great philosophy for your, and that's what I want for mine. That's what, that's how I want that vibrancy in my podcast. Hey listeners, have you joined our text-based community yet? Just text me at 201-581-3983 to join In The Suites community. After that, I'll be lifting you up, inspiring you, and supercharging your life and your career with awesome quotes, resources, and videos, and tips we learned from our great guests. It couldn't be any easier. Just text 201-581-3983. It's great to be in the field of wealth management and see women at various ages, like at your practice where, you know, you can help a 20 year old as much as you can help a 65 year old right now. Yeah. It's, it's the basics. 
you know, going back to the mastermind and then in talking about your, your the people that listen, this is an idea for uh, starting a mastermind. Let's say you just retired. Well, for some people, that's a tough period, right? They And I have women, a lot of clients that are in that position where they had long, long careers where they worked at least a 40-hour week, didn't really develop a whole lot of hobbies. All of a sudden, boom, they're home. And they're home in COVID, right? Oh. They retire in the middle of COVID. So all their plans to travel are done. Can't do it. And so one idea would be, find other women that are in that position, just retired, and start a mastermind to to share stories about how you're dealing with it. I mean, it could be any commonality that in, around a mastermind. And, and maybe it lasts for a year and then runs its course and you split up. That's okay. It doesn't have to be forever. There's so many ways you can... And I think right now, masterminds would be very valuable since we're all at home. I think so. So how often are you meeting? And it sounds like you're kind of walk us through what it looks like in a virtual environment and what it looks like post-COVID. Well, all of my masterminds were all in different cities. Mm. So ours, mine are virtual, New York, Seattle, Texas. So um, we all hop on. We, My one group does once a month and the other does once every two months. And we all hop on. We do our little chit chat. Women have to do chit chat, right? You don't just jump right into the business. (laughs) We had our little chit chat before this podcast. (laughs) You got to catch up on the little things. And then, and then someone will say, okay, who wants to go first? And we'll, we'll divide up the time. So if, if it's an hour and a half, we'll each get our 20 minutes and we'll tell our, our story problem. Sometimes it's just a story. A lot, but a lot of times it's, I need some help on this business issue. They'll tell the story and we'll all chime in. If you've got a congenial group where no one dominates, you don't have to do the timing thing. But every once in a while, someone may dominate. And then, and then it's kind of organic. Someone will say, maybe we should start timing each other. And then we'll go back to timing. If, so it's very fluid. If you're a person that likes structure and gets agitated if you don't get your time, which there are people like that, I suggest timing them, Mm. you know, scheduling an hour and a half saying, we're going to at least get 20 minutes each to talk about what we want to talk about and then have someone each different time be the timer. And so what would you say being that you are in masterminds, you, your network with a lot of female advisors and you're getting together, what do you think female advisors are struggling with the most right now? Is it related to COVID or something else? Well, thinking back on our conversation today at a mastermind this morning, we focused on client situations. Hmm. Um, Someone would describe, there's a woman that is being asked to spend a lot of money by her partner and asking her financial advisor, the woman in my group for her advice. And so we, we had a discussion about how involved should you get in that financial situation between a couple? What is our role? Mm, wow. And so we all, we all shared our stories because it's kind of a bully situation. And, and so when do you step in? Will you be helpful? Will you make it worse? And so we just kind of had this shared our different experiences around that and um, personal and not personal. and. I think it really helped her. So that's that's a good example of something that would come up. What a great way to learn. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, yeah. What a fantastic way to learn. And you are you're an investopedia also too, being that you're not only network advisor, but you are recognized by the industry as being a a, a top advisor. And you are on the Investopedia 100 top advisors list for the three years running. And I do want to say, we're also going to have a link to this in the show notes, but what is so, so cool, right? Top row, they have the first five. So it's a grid, right? It's a webpage and it's a grid. 
Kathy is the first woman there. And so you're alongside Michael Kitsis, Justin Caselli, Taylor Schulte, Josh Brown, and bam, I would say actually you're even before Josh Brown, which is a really cool thing. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. I, I swear when I saw that, I just about, I don't wow. know. That's crazy. It's totally crazy. I, you know, I think the answer is it's just being consistent. I'm lucky again, I'm going to say, because I got to know some really cool people in the industry where I get asked to speak or get quoted. I had the pleasure of being asked to speak at Morningstar with one of my heroes, Christine Benz. She's so and smart. I love her. And Don Phillips, who I love Morningstar. I always have. that. I've used their tools. I just think the company's amazing. And that was one of the highlights of my year. So it was things like that that I think got me. If it's S, I don't know if it's SEO that does that, where you get on these Investopedia things. Caleb told me that my I got peer nominated, which is so satisfying that I got nominated by my peers. But I have to tell you, those guys are prolific. I mean, it's that's a high bar to meet. You you hit upon the word before, and that was consistency. And I think that one of the things that advisors need to understand, and one of the things that you've done a really great job about, Kathy, is that you understand who you are, and not everybody's core comp. Uh, well, should I say preference? Right. Everybody leans in more towards like now that podcasting is an actual thing, versus sitting down and writing an article. My feeling, it's really hard to do both well. But I think what's really exciting about your narrative and the content that you're creating is that it's in the form that is truest to you, right? And it has that vibrancy. You talked about not, you know, sitting there and just doing the podcast and talking about financial topics is that doesn't lead to that, that energy that doesn't, you're not in the zone for that, even though that you articulate that very well and you explain it very well, which, which I like, I'm really excited that you're doing something that is on brand for Kathy Curtis. Right. And you know, you're touching on something really important because those guys that just named that were on that top 10, they have found that, you know, they have, they do what they do and they love it. And it's really them. It's authentic. They're very, very, very authentic. And I think I've been very authentic as well, which has probably been one of the reasons why I've been successful with social media, because I've always been authentic. Like I'm not trying to be something I'm not, you know, and And second to authentic is finding what lights you up, Mm. right? So, and and it changes that. So I'm right now trying to find what lights me up. The podcast is an attempt to reinvent myself again and find something that really lights me up because you do it's for me, it's, it hasn't been this straight up. You know, I like my website in the beginning, you mentioned it was that was such a high that I got so much recognition. Then you got to find the next thing and the next thing and keep, keep trying to find what lights you up. And um, I think that the people that are successful, have found that I really do. You're included. Look at you with this podcast. This is not new. I mean, when did you start this? I started this in 2019. I had an awful, awful year. In 2019, as the CEO of a social media company, I was quiet and I was shrinking. There you go. I love that word shrinking. I I can so relate. I produced zero blogs in 2019 because if I wrote another article, seven tips on SEO and five tips on this, and I was just ready to, I'm going to use the word vomit. And my feeling, right, if I cannot consume my own content, then why the heck am I putting it out? I know. I relate so much. We're talking about the same thing. You hadn't found what lit you up. So here's what I did to climb out of the hole. And I was in a hole. I was in a really deep hole. A recruiter contacted me. 
I went on seven interviews for a potential position somewhere to shut down my agency because I wasn't sure that I could do it. This is mm-hmm. about being totally honest. And yeah. then I climbed myself. I, when, the, when it finally got to, down to the wire, Kathy, I said, nope. I said, I am going to make this work. I love, I love what I do. And I'm just going to figure it out. And I took a class. I took a class in data analytics certification from General Assembly. And then you know what they did, Kathy? What? <laughs> they gave you a 50% coupon for taking any other course. And there was a podcast course. So I took myself to New York City. I sat down right next door. I had two glasses of wine, French onion soup, a Caesar salad. And I learned about podcasting. That's amazing. And I said, you know what? This is it. This is what I've been wanting to do. I miss the people contact. I love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you. Yeah, I do. I do. It's so... So you found it. I found it. And, but here's what it did. I didn't find, I found the thing, but I didn't find the confidence early Mm -hmm. on. I hired the instructor, techie millennial. Her name is Jen Glantz. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I hired her to be my podcast coach. And for four months, we planned it on paper. I recorded samples, did everything she said she, she could do. And it wasn't until I, I got affirmation, like I was so looking for that affirmation, Kathy. It's like, am I good enough? Is it okay? Am I being delusional about, you know, about this whole idea? And the more and more I did the work, right? I put it down yeah. on paper. I wrote down my thoughts and I said, if one person here's the podcast and did something different from their life. That was my, that was my benchmark. It was one. And I love that story. Cause I'm going through the same thing with the podcast. I, I go through periods where I doubt myself. Like, does it matter if there's another podcast by me and do I keep doing this? But I'm a fighter and I, it, you are too. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving this up. I had the first few episodes. I had that spark. And I'm just going to pivot and, and try another way. But we all go through that. It's like saying that the failures make you grow. And it's true, unless you let yourself fail and you don't pick yourself up again. Yeah. And it, it also sounds like you found you did find your voice. I, I think the hardest thing to do, especially when you're putting yourself out there in the public realm, and I include social media in that, is finding your voice and not being afraid to share your true authentic voice and not pretend to be somebody else. Because until you do, you're not going to be successful at it. You, you, you can be there. You can be in the conversation, but you're not going to set the world on fire or influence people in a positive way, which is what really we all want to do. Yeah. And we want affirmation. We want to know that what we're doing is, is making a difference. And the way that, that you can, you know, think about it and other women listening to this podcast is I, I took inventory in my life and who are the most important people in my life? And they, they're, you know, my kids and, and my, my, my spouse, Mark, and, you know, and my, my mom and my brother and my friends and, clients and people that I know. And I was like, that's who matters. If, if the podcast doesn't appeal to you, then just turn it off. And, you know, it only matters. Like you, you stop trying to show up as somebody else because you're, you're not trying to please anybody else. And you're leaving out somebody that you care about. You care about your audience, your podcast audience. You're trying to help women lead better lives through what you're doing. And I do the same. We have a very similar goal. I'm just doing it through the financial planning. Exactly. But in the beginning, I had no audience. I couldn't think, right? I couldn't think I was like audience. Yeah, right. Like, who's going to listen? I'm like, well, my mom's going to listen. And my mom listens to every podcast. And we have a discussion about it every single week. Oh, that's right. You know what? Mission accomplished. Right. Yes, I am grateful to every single woman every single man, every single person that's shared, every single person that writes in. I think the audience factor is is a gift, but you have to earn that right for that audience, which 
Kathy, you absolutely have. I mean, it's obvious when I watch that podcast, when I watch that video of your students, of those four women and how you changed the trajectory of their life. It's like, bam. You're going to, you're going to laugh at this. So the first, I got invited to do that class. So excited. I was so nervous. You should see how hard I prepared for that first class. I way over-prepared. I get there. It's all these young women. And I did my first lesson and I was so thrilled at their response. They soaked up every word I said. It also didn't hurt that I'm a little bit of a fashionista. So I liked, I wore cute clothes and they were like, (laughs) they were all covered in my outfit. And I thought, okay, I'm winning them over already. Right. I like those shoes. And here I am. I don't know how many decades older than that. And they thought I was cool. I could tell they just, they, they res something about me resonated with them. And so they were really open to everything I said. And every class, it took me like an hour to just chill down from how excited I got from the reaction with them and the conversations in the class. It was an amazing experience all the way around. I think I need to be a teacher. I think I need to pivot and do more of that. I think through your podcast is you can teach the concepts and you can use your creativity and your depth and breadth of financial knowledge of concepts that affect women. And what a great thing. I would say a big takeaway from our discussion here, Kathy, is that you know, once you create that bond with another woman, and especially if there's, if they're your professor, if you're lucky enough to get a Kathy Curtis uh, teaching you a personal financial and financial planning course, have access to people that you can ask a question to. What's the best way for women to get in, in touch with you? They're going to absolutely follow your coolness factor and your fashionista self on Instagram. I know I do. <laughs> so I can give my email. It's Kathy at Curtis Financial Planning, Kathy with the C. And then always on my website, I have I have a get started link if you want to work with me, but I also have a contact page if you just want to e- you know, email me through my website and say, hey, I'd love to chat with you about this. And I'm always open to setting up short chats with women to talk. I, I have a real mission to help women thrive. So I'm, I'm really happy to do that. You know, not, you don't have to set up a consultation with me financially, just if you want to chat about anything, happy to do it. That's fantastic. One of the ways that we can all thrive here in 2021 is just keeping our minds fresh with new ideas. And we're asking a different question this year in, in our season two. And that is, can you recommend a book, a recommendation for 2021 that has had like, that's had a profound effect on you or that you think that the women listening in this audience right now could benefit from? Absolutely. This is one of the best books I read this year. The Person You Mean to Be by Dolly Chu, C-H-U-G-H. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It is a book about diversity, inclusion, and how to go about in the world and conquer your biases and be a better person. And it is so well done. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. That's been one of my priorities this year is learning about white privilege, how to understand my own biases, all those things with the Black Lives Matter movement. And this book, I think was the most accessible book out of a bunch that I read. That's really great. We're we're not only going to share that in the show notes, but share it to our team. I think the, the Black Lives Matter movement affected, that was a predominant theme that boy, woke us all up. We hired actually a diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer to do a workshop with us here internally, because I felt too, as a, as a leader, I didn't know how to bridge these conversations. It's so hard. it, It is really hard, but yet it's something that we need to talk about and to acknowledge within ourselves.
So, Kathy, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you more about is diversity, because you are a woman in this industry and you've mentored women of color and young women. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get more women here in the, in the industry. So you're doing some really cool and exciting things that are think are different. Can you tell us about it? Sure. Um, there's one in particular that I, I'm just getting involved in. And um, you, we had talked about the Investopedia 100 and Justin Castelli and Taylor Schulte. Well, those two guys started a group called the Advisor Growth Community. Um, I think last year was the first year they're going in and they're second. And I really like those two. They've got great energy, uh, very positive attitudes, and really keep on the cusp of what's going on in our industry tech-wise and marketing-wise. And I love marketing. So, but, but the group is mostly, guess what, men. And you know, that's their community and the industry is still skewed, but I decided to join anyway. And um, I'm really glad I did because I want the industry to be more diverse. And if we just keep joining women's groups and men's groups, how is it ever going to get more diverse? Right. That's, that's one thing. Good point. Yeah. And then um, also, I know those guys are really open-minded and, really care about people and being good humans. And sure enough, they want to start a diversity initiative for the group. And so they just started a committee and I was, we had our first meeting right before this podcast to talk about ways that we could bring a more diverse population into AGC. So that's, I'm really excited about that. I, I want to be involved in that kind of thing in our industry and this this format seems to be a really good way to do that. So we'll see what happens. I'm also too a fan of theirs too. And I listen to Taylor's podcast and I know that too, they have a Facebook group and they're doing really, really cool things with marketing, uh, advisor marketing experiments. And what, what really strikes me is how how much they share. They're not afraid to share, right? They're not afraid to share their growth strategies. They, they like you and I, have a worldview of abundance. There's plenty of room for all of us to have podcasts and practices and businesses. And it's so refreshing to hear that you of all people to lead that, to champion that diversity and initiative there. I know that you will be absolutely successful. So I'm looking forward to, you know, possibly hearing that on your podcast, you know, how that, how that went and what were some of the outcomes, because that's, that's going to just change lives and you are going to impact the industry. No doubt. Yeah. Great idea. I will get that on my podcast. We, we talked about how we may have to disband the committee at the end of the year because we got so diversified in the group. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, big shout out to AGC and to Taylor and Justin. We'll have a link in the show notes for everybody too. And uh, kudos to you. Thanks very much for sharing that, Kathy. You're welcome. Again, it's such a pleasure, such an honor to have you. And we'll have links for women to follow you everywhere, especially on social media. Thank you for reminding us to take care of ourselves, to find our voice, to do more travel, to have more fun and more balance in our lives. Mm -hmm. Tina, thank you so much. And if we were in the same room, I'd give you a big, gigantic hug. And I hope that I see you sometime in the next year or two at a conference. I really do. Me too, Kathy. Thank you. I'm buying you a drink. Yes. And we're going on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tina. Thank you so much, Kathy. You're listening to In The Suite, a podcast that shares amazing stories of women in business and the financial services and the wealth management industry. Our producers are Tina Powell and Kevin Hershorn. Our editor-at-large is Kevin Hershorn. Our content writers are Carmen Varner and Tina Powell. Our research and technical assistants are Rachel Powell, Sarah Smirker, and Kimmy Rice. And the Sweet Podcast is sponsored by C-Suite Social Media, a digital marketing and social media agency for C-Suite leaders and companies in finance and technology. 
You can visit csuitesocialmedia.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing and for those five-star reviews. We are so, so grateful to you. Thank you so much. We've got listeners in 531 cities and 32 countries at the time of this episode. This podcast was inspired by you and created for you ladies. So thank you so much. Please let us know how you enjoyed this episode with Kathy Curtis and share your thoughts on LinkedIn and Twitter, hashtag in the suite. You can connect with Kathy on LinkedIn and Twitter and her name is spelled C Kathy with a C T C A T H Y Curtis C U R T I S. And you can check her out at curtisfinancialplanning.com. And of course on Instagram at Rose Kathy, all one word. And always, if you would like to share the name of a rock star woman in financial services, we should interview in 2021. Please send it to me at Tina at csuitesocialmedia.com and we'll consider it. Again, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to in the suite.